Welcome back to the HR Sucks podcast. It's me, Katrina, and this is the second to the last episode of season one. It's crazy to think we've published 29 episodes over the last year and big changes are coming for season two. As we continue to bring the fire, we have the incomparable Bradley in the house for episode 29. Super funny guy and straight to the point, this episode should have you entertained. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Today's episode is sponsored by Game Day HR. Game Day HR is changing the way the world thinks about HR. With capabilities to absorb a business's day-to-day HR tasks or support the current HR team, Game Day HR provides an affordable and efficient dedicated HR team to help push your business forward. Visit www.gamedayhr.com today to schedule a free That's right, free HR audit for your business. With Game Day HR, it's game day every day. Welcome to the HR Sucks podcast, where we'll get down to the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. With me today is a man on a mission to get knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. Probably one of the funniest dudes on social media today with life's most important lessons like how to avoid a broken nose and the truth about ugly people, Mr. Bradley, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I mean, if that wasn't a stellar intro, I don't know what would be. It's funny that it's it's funny that you call me funny because I was just ask, having this uh, conversation with somebody. Uh, you know Ed Milet, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Ed Milet uh, uh, said. I'm one of the only people on social media that he thinks could actually get up on a stand up and, and do it for real. I think um, I, don't, I don't find myself that funny. No, I, you know, it's interesting because um, that's kind of my uh, people compare me to like Amy Schumer and uh, Chelsea Handler, I think. Is her so you're name. funny. I think, you know, when so you're, you're like, Chubby girls have to be funny. Like you can't be chubby and be lame. It's against the law. And you so I used to be chubby because you don't I look must, chubby. I must have used, I was as a kid. And so, and then I was also deprived of attention. So the only way I can get people to look at me was to be funny. You know what? You just said something. You might've just helped me figure out me. I was deprived of attention, but I've never really acknowledged that until you just said deprived of attention. I always said my dad was the kind that children should be seen and not heard. And that's just mm-hmm. my way of saying that, like, he never really gave me any attention ever. So that makes me deprived of attention. Yeah, so maybe we that's had to why get I it. do it. We had to yeah, get it some way. Maybe you're my new therapist. We will be best friends after this. I'm very positive about that. Um, I was voted funniest in fifth grade. I will say that that is one of my biggest achievements. Um, and then I was voted most helpful in sixth grade, which was fucking terrible. Like that, they basically made me the brown nose of the school. Who was Attention. The, who was who cast the votes? I think people in our own grade. Your peers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, now we'll now look at you. Look at me now, everybody. I've made it. <laughs> Brad, um, give our listeners a breakdown of your mission to obtain and share knowledge. Where did this start for you? Well, a long time ago, I was running a company and, and I kind of decided to take this kid from minimum wage out of the back that, you know, was just hard labor job and move him into sales and teach him how to sell and stuff like that. And, and I watched his whole life transform. His family got better. Like he just, he just, he was just a good dude that money, uh, uh, helped become even a better dude. And so I decided to start a training company. And then I realized that there's a lot of people out there not training correctly. You know, I developed technology and then that just got me passionate because I see people that when you train them correctly, they succeed. People fail because they don't have the right information. Right. And so I have this technology that I was using and all these big names were using. And I thought to myself, dude, with this technology and the fact that I believe people are failing from the lack of understanding, it's not People I say, oh, you know, you're going to fail because of fear. And it's not necessarily fear. There's a lot of ballsy some bitches out there. I better, I better watch my languages in HR show, huh? Oh, no, we, we say bad words. That is our brand. All right. Oh, good. Well, there's a lot of bullshit in the world today. And, and, and I think people fail because they don't know how to win. And so it's like, dude, I got this technology. I want to see people win. And I want to be in a world where we win more often. So I just said, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. And that's how I'm going to spend my life. I've got the technology, the people that have it are always interesting people. And then you start to look around and you're like, holy shit, everybody has information. Mm -hmm. And then, then you, then, it, then you realize everybody needs it. Well, then now I'm thinking, okay, well, that sounds pretty good. Everybody on earth having a password to a light speed virtual training system, tapping into all the knowledge that makes us win. And so, man, it resonated and I went with it. I love it. And your content is funny, but I mean, I can see how people maybe or they take it offensive or they take offense to it because it happens to me all the time. How have you dealt with those people and the criticism that comes along with being yourself? I don't get any. <laughs> <They're>, so <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, you're one of the few people I know that there was like a fake account like the fake Bradley on Instagram. <laughs> even 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 that account doesn't hate on me. It makes me look like I'm a damn hero. It's really funny. It's really so you don't know who that is. Like you don't do you know who that I is? Not, I I know who it is because he's DM'd me, but but I don't know who it is. Like I've never met the dude. I don't know the dude. He just one day popped up the account and I thought to myself, uh-oh, I'm gonna get a little bit of a uh, you know, asshole here trying to freaking, you know, down, you know, just basically punk me. Uh -huh. But I didn't, I don't really care. Cause you know, I got a good, I got a good, you know, confidence level. Like it doesn't bother me. Like when you said, what about all the hate haters? First of all, I don't get any. And if I do, I'm not recognizing them. So it's like, maybe I do, but I don't see it. I I'm unaware of it. I even tell people, it's like, dude, you, you see how many freaking positive comments I get? Like, where's all the hate? I must not be doing something big enough. But what's funny is you said my content, cat. Do you go by cat? Cat or Katrina? I like cat. So cat, I don't have content. What you're seeing is just me answering questions or walking around my office or 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 dealing with like what I deal with. So what you're seeing is shit that's really going on in my opinion. 
Is that, is that what's considered content nowadays? I think so. I mean, it's still it, the fact that it's being like edited into bite-sized formats and put onto your social media makes it content in itself. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I always define content as like, like I've created courses and things to where I can teach people something like to me, that's content. Like my content, the world doesn't really see, they're only seeing my opinions. The content is, is kind of the more official education. That's when it goes from, from entertainment into, you know, actual curriculum. How yeah, do you get someone from point A to point B? There's, there's only four things you can do. Good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. See, most companies, they're, they're failing to deliver one or many of those four things, and that's their problem. There's companies that pay big dollars to try and educate their staff, and they fail miserably, and they don't understand why it is, and they just keep spending money to, to, to make a little tiny dent. When in reality, it's, it's, four, it's one of those four things. It's good content. Either you don't know how to do it right, that's the big problem. If you know how to do it right, you're not delivering it with enough repetition. And if you are doing both of those things, well, then you're not holding people accountable and you're not having them practice. Because if you deliver good content with repetition, practice, and accountability, people learn. Impacts made. Or, or, or the wrong ones are exposed and then you're too chicken shit to get rid of them. It's so that reminds me of, um, on LinkedIn, I want to say it was two years ago, this, this guy reached out to me and he, you know, travels all over the world and he gives these like speeches to these organizations that hire him. And anyway, so we got on a call and, um, I was like, so what do you do? And he said, I just go and I speak to them. I'm like, okay, then what, like, how do you make sure that they take your advice or like, how do you know? that they're like continuing to, to do these things. I don't I'm like, so they just pay you to come and talk to them. Yes. I mean, if that in itself yeah, that, isn't yeah, a that, problem, come on. Yeah, but yeah, but Kat, that's not necessarily true. People are not paying him to talk or listen to him talk. People are paying with the assumption they're going to, they want to learn something. And in reality, they're paying him because they want a result. Mm -hmm. They don't even want, they don't even want to learn from them. What people are looking for is the result. Like I, I go see somebody hoping to learn something so I can achieve something I'm imagining or envisioning for myself. And I, and I believe that person can help me get there, which is why I pay a big ass ticket to go see him speak, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I don't care about seeing him speak. I care about getting where I'm going and I'm willing to invest that in myself, hoping this person is gonna impart some knowledge that I can apply to get that result. So people really want the result they're just as a byproduct listening people speak. So that's why I think if you're a speaker or a subject matter expert, you should be obligated to make sure that your, your message can be delivered, tracked and measured repeatedly in some form or fashion. It doesn't have to be live because obviously someone can't stay on a stage for 365 days a year, but I can virtualize and emulate what they say. So when I see them live, now I go into the study companion and actually learn what they meant. Does that make sense? No, that totally makes sense. And I, and I, and I get you there. I think for me, I, the way my, the way I operate is I don't with lip service. I want, I don't want it to just be, I get up, I speak and I'm gone. Right. I actually want to follow the trajectory of like the message and what the, the data looks like, who, you know, was who left that event feeling more, I don't know, confident about their decisions or more, um, worthy or whatever it is, whatever Warm it is, my message. 
Yeah. Now I don't know if I'm warm and fuzzy. I'm more of like straight to it, you know? Are you? Yeah. Like, um, you know, I have like the friend that's like, I think like, oh, I've put on so much weight and I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Like I'm not the one that's like, no, no, you haven't. <laughs> I just tell you, the truth. Tell, truth is love. Some, you'll tell someone if they got a booger in their nose. Oh, to, when I would pick it for them. That's love. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a better girl than me. I mean, we're a better person than me. A better girl, I would hope. Yeah, like, I would I'll like tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you, you got the bugs, but I ain't touching it. <laughs> so tell me about, I mean, has criticism ever held you back in any way? Got Absolutely. To you? Okay. I mean, dude, listen, we all have insecurities, right? So criticism used to get to me until I realized you can't make everybody happy, right? Isn't that a fact? That is a fact. We can all agree. You can't make so, anyone happy. Well, technically, you are right, young lady. Man, what a freaking deep person for such a youngster. That is I'm correct. I'm writing a though. book. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write this down. But, well, that is correct. You can't you can't make another person happy. Um, only only the person can make themselves happy. But you can contribute. I can promise you that. I contribute to a lot of people being happy. Um, and and I've and I've educated some people into finding their happiness. So so you can make an impact. But very deep statement right there. What was I saying? Now you got me off track. If criticism ever held you back. Oh yeah. So, so because of those insecurities, you know, I've, I've second guessed myself and, or felt a little bit, you know, unsure. I lost certainty because someone that I respected thought or said something that was a little bit, you know, I don't want to say negative, but negative. And then I started to realize, you know, after a couple of people said I couldn't start this company and I did. And then I, and then people told me to save my money and I blew it. And, and people said, you know, all the shit people told me turns out to be mostly untrue. And these were people I respected. Mm -hmm. And then I started to realize to myself, look, folks, your opinion is just as valuable as somebody else's. Right. So when it comes to trying to make people happy and, and listening to other people's belief in you, you are screwing yourself big time. You got to get and develop the, your own belief in you. And it has to succeed the belief everybody else has. If your friends and family aren't saying that you're nuts and you're dreaming too big, then you're not dreaming big enough. Like literally. So if you literally realize that your dreams need to be so big, everybody thinks you're nuts which is not the case for most people, right? Mm -hmm. So most, most case, it's the opposite, dude. I got to like, hey, buddy, you know, freaking start to get a little belief in yourself, man. You can go bigger than that, can't you? Mm -hmm. and, so, and so it's usually the opposite for people. But if you can start to realize that, man, your dreams are going to be bigger than most people can fathom, well, then you can't necessarily expect them to understand. So what do you do? You quit worrying about what, what they say. Again, I like to tell people, factor what they say especially mm -hmm. if it's an expert in the field you're looking to, to thrive in, you know, seek counsel for sure. But, but just don't listen to people's disbelief in you or your abilities. Like leave that part out. If, if Steve jobs would have came into my business 10 years ago and said, it's not going to work. I would have said, want to bet? Mm -hmm. well, I'm, well, I'm Steve Jobs. I don't give a shit who you are. Like, I guarantee you this shit's going to work. I don't need Steve Jobs to validate it. 
Now, if I would have said, hey, how do I get to $100 million? And he said, you're going to need to do this, this, and this. Well, then I would listen to him. Mm-hmm. But if he said, if he said, you're not getting to $100 million, I'd say, bullshit, bro. I wouldn't listen to him. I don't care who it is. Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, my dad, my brother, my wife. I don't really give a rat's dick who says I can't, as long as I'm not the person saying it. No, I'm with you. I mean, one of a dream that I constantly talk about is I want to buy an NBA team. And it started off as just saying it. And then it started off with networking with people who could do it. And then it ended with, you know, where in conversations with which team is going to come up for sale and which one do we want and how do we want to what approach you, it? What are you, what are you talking about? You're buying sports teams, Kat? It's like my dream. I want, I, I want to buy an NBA team and I want to be the VP of basketball operations just for fun. Yeah. But if you're discussing it, even look, considering which ones are for sale, you must be in a big fancy group. It's a big investment group. Yeah. Are you, are you a Richie rich? Uh, I'm, I am not myself, uh, but I know all the Richie riches. <laughs> Why aren't you Richie rich? Well, um, I would imagine with that type of acquisition, I might be. Um, no, 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 no. You got to be rich to get that type of acquisition. <laughs> well, not necessarily because you don't put up all the money yourself, right? You, you well, have you can the be... group of people who will put up the money and then you come in as an operator and you can negotiate, you know, sweat equity, whatever that looks like. Yeah, well, again, I'd recommend a different avenue, but that one theoretically could work. It could. I mean, I'm not married to any one path. I think right now we're just having conversations and building a strategy. Hey, I'm not, I'm not one to coach people having discussions to buy franchises like that. Like, dude, that would be, it wouldn't be a dream of mine only because I'm not, I've never really been into sports, Mm -hmm. but it would feel cool as hell owning a team. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, I mean, for these people, the group, right, they've already had tremendous success in in their whatever it is that they've been doing up until this point. And so this is more of a passion thing for them. Well, you know, Jesse Itzler. Yes. He's a part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Right. Yeah. So, so he, he grew up with no money and he is now a legitimate owner of the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm telling you, if that's your dream cat, go get her. You can, you can, you can achieve it. I will. I will do it. And, but well, my point, you do, make yes. sure I get like, make sure I get like uh, some sort of uh, first access to buying a suite from you. You got, well, it depends. Yes, I will. Of course. Only because you came on the show though. And because you didn't reschedule on me again, because that would have broke my one reschedule rule. Did I'm I reschedule you. on you once already? You did wasn't me. It was probably my assistant. Well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she acts like my mom, like she, you know, I've got things and she'll like literally reprioritize some things and just get it off my radar. Cause I feel bad about missing anybody's anything. Mm-hmm. And I think she knows it. So like, I thought, I thought this was just, this was her schedule. No, it's so fine. Allow, allow me to apologize in advance. I, I accept it. Thank you so much. So for those of for people who haven't watched your videos, can you share the truth about ugly people? What do you mean? They're, you know, those are random comments that people capture as they ask me a question. I can answer a question about ugly people if you'd like. Okay. Okay. Do I have to ask it? Yeah. That's, oh, what, that's what you're seeing. 
it's not yeah, rhetorical. It's like, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a, a canned. Well, here's about ugly people. Like someone asked me about ugly people, and and they captured what I said. I don't even remember what I said. Okay, so Jason Waller. I don't know if you're familiar with who he is. He's like Power Home Solar True Underdog podcast guy. Anyway. So him and I had a conversation and he believes um, that people who are just universally a four or a five on the looks scale um, can probably get to a seven or eight just with confidence. True or false? I'd say false. You know, if you're if you're an ugly bird, your confidence doesn't make you much better looking, but it'll make you a, a much more attractive person. You're still ugly. You're just more attractive. Okay. But here's the deal. But here's the deal. When I say ugly, I don't necessarily mean just physically. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about an ugly person. Like an uh, like and and I believe that like an ugly person physically and or on the inside have way less opportunities than a good-looking person, both physically and on the inside. And people think that's offensive. It's like, dude, it ain't offensive. I'm telling you guys right now, better looking people have more opportunities. So, so if you're not so physically attractive, you better come across as a beautiful individual. You know what I'm talking about? A beautiful person, beautiful person, because you can be like a four or five physically, and then be just be an outstanding individual. And, and that four or five, I would say then could get to a seven or an eight. Yeah. It's like, if I had to pick between, you know, sweet girl next door, Jennifer Hewitt, you know, warm feeling. I bet you she gets way more out of life than someone else. It's like, it's like having, you know, a 12 incher, you know, trust me when I tell you, <laughs> Hey, trust me, listen, it, 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 having a big one is, is, is fun to show, but you don't actually want one. Trust you can me. have the energy at like I have it's this nerds. is I'm not sure if this is going to make it to the, the the show or not but I can predict if a man has a little dick or not how just by his personality I don't know it's just like a it's it's just a thing that I've been able to do in my adult life and I can also predict when a guy doesn't have one it's an energy that they give off we call us women call it big dick energy you know, I heard that for the first time the other day on a clubhouse discussion, and the girl said she likes to walk in the room with big dick energy. Mm-hmm. And I was, and, and I'm, and I was thinking to myself, you know, that might take you out of the game for me. Like, I don't want a chick with a big dick energy. But then when I started listening to the conversation, I realized what, what she meant by that is confidence. Right. So right. big dick and big dick energy. You can come across with big dick energy without having a big dick. I imagine. I don't you know. So only so 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 well then dude then, then do I give off the big dick energy because let me tell you something I wouldn't say it's monstrous but my energy is well it's definitely and then this is in all the respect for your wife um but yeah sure I agree I I do I I don't think that you are um deprived in that area just it's it's based off of your confidence right i mean you can't manufacture like i don't i don't believe a female can walk into a place with big dick energy this is not something that can be manufactured you either have it or you don't have it girl can walk in with tight ass energy yeah you yeah but that's like is that is that good though like an asshole or like the butt the same well i don't know i don't i'm not i'm not into the you know 
that's where shit comes out. Like, dude, have you ever stuck a gun in the dirt and then looked in the barrel? Like, I wouldn't, I ain't interested. See, we're ruining the episode. You won't even be able to share this or, or, yeah, or, or even, well, or I even might. post it. I'll play with it. I can play with it pretty well. Well, no, tight ass comment was like, you know, big dick energy would be like a, a killer butt, but I'm a butt mm-hmm. guy. So like, you know, big boob energy, maybe, I don't know, because, you know, big, huge boobs, they don't, they don't really do much for me, but there's guys that are like that they're boob guys. So the energy of big dick versus what's the equivalent to a female, you know, kick ass body, you know, butt, boobs, something, legs, whatever, whatever people are into. No. You walk into a room with confidence is the point. With with women, with women, I don't think it's a physical attribute. I think it's like a more of an internal thing, you know, like they have to like it's something inside. Like that's what brings us to life. Like a guy can swing his wanger everywhere and he feels like a man, but a woman, it's like she could have a killer body. It's just, she may not necessarily feel like a woman. Yeah, but see, let's, see, so you don't actually want a dude with a big dick. That's the thing is people think well, they want somebody with all of this freaking, you know, confidence and energy. But when people get around those people, nine times out of 10, they don't like someone with a big energy. You know why? Because it forces you to look at your own energy. It forces you to look at, t- it forces you to look at yourself mm-hmm. and people don't want to look at themselves. Everybody wants to win, but nobody wants to work on themselves and look at themselves. You know what I mean? It's crazy. No, I, I, I agree 100%. Um, and I can't believe I'm on an HR podcast talking, talking about, about big dicks. Yeah, you're welcome. Talking let's about talk about, let's talk about Lightspeed VT. Um, I've actually you just, heard- You just used the word wiener. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have, I do have an eight-year-old, so, you know, we can't, we, we try to watch our language only a little. Right. Um, let's talk about Lightspeed VT. I've actually had people recommend this platform to me in the past before knowing it, you were a part of it uh, yep. for HR courses, because we were producing some courses. Um, where are you all at right now? Like how big are you, how many employees do you have? You can share revenue if you want, just to get an understanding or some context behind it. You know, we don't need a lot of employees, thankfully. So we have about 80, um, you know, we're doing eight figures, climbing quickly to nine figures. That's a hundred million or more. If people can't do the math, nine figures. Um, I'm very, very fortunate because, you know, it, it's a technology that actually gets people to learn when other ones are just hosting solutions. I get to talk to the top subject matter experts on earth about things. Cause I have them mostly, I have them all as clients. I've got, you know, big brands and mom and pops and all kinds of people on it. Um, So ultimately, you know, that's where we are, but it's about to expand. Like you wouldn't believe as soon as COVID hit, all of a sudden, everyone acted like I'm a genius. Well, no shit. I've been saying it for 20 years. I've been doing it for 20 years. Now everybody, oh, training online, it actually works. Well, it works better in some cases and in most cases than than training live alone, uh, 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 you know, without a blend of online. You got to have good content, repetition, practice, and accountability to get people to train. Most online systems do not deliver those. And most companies do not deliver those ingredients in their training programs. And it's amazing because I've got a technology that, that does it pretty much automatically. All you have to do is, you know, select or fill in the content, make sure mm-hmm. it's good and and decide who you want to improve. So, okay. So I want to understand this. So for example, one course that I did, I had to write 
I don't know, it was must have been like 60,000 words of a script. And it was in 22 different lessons. And it was filmed and I had like a director and a teleprompter. And then so are you saying I can put that onto your platform? You could put it onto my platform. Um, I show people how to monetize their content, which is I would show you how to make way more money than you made when you when you sold it. If you gave it away to like internal employees, well, then I would have showed you how to deliver track and measure it better than you did. However, you did it. But yeah, I mean, you 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 created the content. Right. The, the, the content is not the answer. Okay. It's part of the answer. And the problem is, is most people think, you know, here's a video, watch it. Well, oh, dude, I watch mixed martial arts. It doesn't make me a black belt. So, so your course is what you offered, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And the course is what they got. Well, mm-hmm. y- you didn't know any better or you wouldn't have done it. Cause I'm sure you have ethics, right? That didn't really necessarily help anybody. It could be partially contributing to knowledge because it's good content but you just there you go i would have taken that same course put it on lightspeed assigned repetition and created a little tiny bit of footage to sandwich it in to where now there's an experience i would have flipped on leaderboards to cause them to engage i would have flipped on a community so you could have built a tribe i would have uh, uh, uploaded a, a center for your podcast and your podcast downloads i would have coach to create some sort of merch or some tribal buy-in of some sort of hard, hard product. I would have coached you how to do one-on-one consulting and then consulting and then live events if you wanted to. I mean, we can help people go from barely known to, you know, doing 5 million a month in, in recurring revenue. That's our, that's our, uh, you know, specialty is because, you know, I started that industry, you know, that most people don't know that when they introduce me on a podcast, they say, you know, I got a great podcast or, you know, he's the founder of Lightspeed or, you know, he's, he's a funny dude on Instagram. Nobody's ever said he's the dude that started the online learning space. Cause I did, you can look it up, but all you. those, all those years, you know, I've learned from all the people, the marketing, the Facebook, the digital, all of it. And I see what worked and what didn't. I spent millions of dollars and 20 years figuring it out. So now what we do is just collapse time and save people a ton of money to show them what to do. And they just have to be on my platform because I can't, I mean, I could show you how to do it with these other systems. It's just too difficult. Like move to Lightspeed and I'll help you. If you're not on Lightspeed, you know, go figure it out on hand Kajabi or whatever they call that one. And and all the other ones that basically just host your courses. They don't do shit. It's not a system. It's a course. And a course doesn't train you. A system can. Did you just say hand Kajabi? Yeah, I always say when people say, well, you know, I'm on Kajabi. I'm like, dude, the only thing you got was a hand Kajabi. That ain't a training (laughs) system. So um, after this, am I going to be your your new or can I be your new HR subject matter expert? Say that one more time. After this, are you texting? No. Are you emailing? Nope. You didn't look at your phone right now? I did look at my phone, but I didn't do either of those things. Can I be your your uh, HR subject matter expert after this? Because we're going to be buddies. Well, perhaps I'd have to figure out whether or not you're an actual expert. Got a pretty good company. A lot of experts out there claiming to know shit. And when you dig into it, it ain't, they, they don't know shit. But I assume you're not that. You know why? Because I give my trust first and mm-hmm. then allow people 
to ruin it. I, a lot of people are walking around with this, you know, I'm not going to trust anybody. Now I kind of preach if I were coaching somebody, I would say, listen, don't trust anybody because mm -hmm. that's good advice. Just don't trust anybody. But that means like, you know, well, 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 she agreed. Well, that's trusting them. Okay. I can trust that you're a good person. I should trust that you know what you're talking about. I can trust things about you without trusting you. So when I say I generally trust people, I want to mm -hmm. be clear that nobody thinks that they should go get screwed over because I said, be easy to trust people. So I'm clarifying, get it in writing every time. I don't care if it's your mom or your brother, dude, everyone's your friend until you're sitting in a deposition, but you can believe people actually are there to help. You can believe people are actually good people. And I believe you are. I'll, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you prove me different, Kat. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, I'm very so, competitive. So I play to win. HR, you're an HR expert? Uh, yes. I'm definitely more of a CEO than like, a, like the tactical HR person. I'm more of people and, and increasing engagement, but using data to do that. Yeah. Um, but I would like, if you asked me to pound out an employee handbook, I, I could do it, but I'd be miserable doing it. If I sent you my employee handbook that I personally wrote, would you read it and give me your thoughts? Absolutely. hundred percent. We're friends. I, I, I wrote this handbook mm -hmm. and I've had several people, including employment lawyers, read it mm -hmm. and say, dude, that is the only handbook I've ever seen in my entire career that I literally wanted to read every page. Yeah. Send it. I mean, are you sending it to me because you want feedback or you, are you, it, yeah. you just you want to brag? Well, I want feedback. Number one, number two, it might, it might give you something uh, to, to blend into your knowledge because like, have you ever seen a, a handbook that you wanted to read every word? No. So if I give it to you, I just want your feedback. Like, dude, that was an unbelievable handbook. Like I, I can't even believe I wanted to read every word if that's true or not. Now, if it is, well, then you're also learning that, man, there is handbooks that could be. And then when people are paying you all this big money to consult them and mm -hmm. you're reading their old bullshit, corporate -y, lame handbook, mm -hmm. you, could, you could say, look, your handbook doesn't need to be that way. All, and plus here's the consulting I really want from you. Tell me what I'm missing. In other words, did I say there's no discrimination? Did I say everything where it checks all the stupid ass rules we have in place for human resources? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some, there's some rules that I just don't get when it comes to employee, employee protection. Right. Like for example, like for example, if I say, if I say to somebody, um, uh, I'm going to pay you $7,000 a month salary mm -hmm. and they say, okay, I can work them to the bone. Mm -hmm. But if I, but if I say, I'll give you 20 bucks an hour, they, they got all these rights. Like, I don't understand. Like, are there bad employers out there looking to screw their employees or something? No, I think there's predator lawyers out there who are looking to get paid and, and to use the wage and hour laws in order to do that. And so that's something that I talk about. I mean, I'm in California, which is yeah, the but, most litigious state in the nation. But Kat, what are the laws made for? They're, they're made to protect the employee. Right. Which tells me if that's the law, because sometimes I'm like, that's the law. Like who's out there screwing people like this to where they had to make a law. So you technically couldn't, it doesn't make sense. It's like, what are there a lot of bad employers? 
there isn't. I don't think there's a lot of bad employers. I think there was employers who took advantage of situations and now the entire workforce has to pay for it. Yeah, but so why do employees need so much protection if there ain't a bunch of asshole employers? I don't think they need that much protection. Then why are there laws? Because I do think that there were situations where employees felt taken advantage of. And so the laws are in place to make sure that doesn't happen. But now I feel like we've had an overcorrection, right? Like now, before it was to protect employees. Now it's an overcorrection of employees are taking advantage of it. 100%. Like they say, you have to educate your staff on sexual harassment in California, correct? Yes. If you, have, uh -huh. if you have a certain amount of people. Yeah, more than five. You have yeah, to. And, uh -huh. and then part of that curriculum is pretty much educating your employees how to sue you. Correct. Yeah. Like that's stupid. Like I'm forced to tell the employees that if you hear fuck in the lunchroom, you could get 10 grand out of us. Like, right. Like, how about I hire somebody and say, listen, you might hear fuck in the lunchroom. Does that bother you? And they say, no, good. Wave away that right that, that you can sue me because you heard a bad word. Mm -hmm. You know, you heard a bad word, you know, don't work here, dumbass. Like, like maybe they should make a law that says employers have to warn oncoming employees of all the things they might be encountered to so they can have a fair shot of saying, oh, I didn't realize that because I would tell people here, you might hear the fuck word if you work at Lightspeed. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, because I have big alpha-driven customers coming in and out of here because I was raised poorly and accidentally through emotion and passion drop an F-bomb now and again because other people here are cool and they don't necessarily worry about offending people. Like this is more of a, of a culture of, 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 I don't even want to say like, you know, tough because it's not tough, but I mean like thick skin. In other words, Nobody here is all bothered with stupid shit. And I'm thinking, why are these rules here? Like, Kat, if, if I'm going to hire, if I'm going to go to work for you and let's say I walked into a lunchroom, you don't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. I walk into a lunchroom and you're telling your friend about your husband's tight ass. Like he's okay. been working out. He's been working out, man, or whatever. And I walk by, I can go to HR mm -hmm. and say, and say, I'm being sexually harassed. Every time I walk by these two people, they had right. a conversation. And, and every time the conversation's about a dude's tight ass, I think they're talking about me. Mm -hmm. You would be in trouble, would you not? Yeah, we would be. I mean, I've heard, I, I've heard complaints about the way somebody was eating their potatoes. They were eating their potatoes. Like instead of her biting like the little potato, she was putting like the whole little potato in her mouth. And the complaint was she is eating them too sexy. Okay, so now let's, let's take this a question more. So if I saw somebody come to me as an HR director and or the CEO, and they complained about how somebody was eating their potatoes, mm -hmm. it's not legal, but I'd want to fucking fire them right on the spot. Why? Dude, I don't want people here that are that, offended i don't want people here that are that soft i just i don't want soft people i want people that that wouldn't bother them at all and if it did bother them they'd walk over and be like what are you doing why are you eating potatoes like you want to freaking lick my freaking face off like are you trying to freaking you were have some balls you well, were the point, say listen the point being is like 
can't people just be people? You know, if you listen, if you work in a, in a workplace where you hear the F word, you know, I agree that someone should have warned you that it's possible, but I don't agree an employer can be held liable and, and, and should be walking around worrying about, and by the way, that law, sexual harassment, it makes you sound like a pervert. Like, oh, he has a sexual harassment lawsuit. Oh, really? And then, and then you figure out what the suit's about. And there was no sex involved. Like, here's how I know this. I was working at this company. I won't name them. I ran the company's sales team. Mm -hmm. So me, me and my boss, who happened to be the owner's son, mm -hmm. were, were outside talking and telling jokes, right? Mm -hmm. We were just telling jokes. Well, we used F-bombs. So next thing you know, uh, his dad calls us in the office and says he's getting sued by so-and-so. And I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. well, appar well, apparently you guys were outside on the, you know, out there telling jokes and you just kept saying, fuck this and fuck that and fuck this. And I said, well, yeah, but you know, we didn't know she was listening. Mm -hmm. and and that didn't matter because we didn't know she was listening and that didn't matter and the and, I, and so when I went to go up and sign this piece of paper it said that the charge was a sexual harassment claim against the owner who wasn't even there by the way and I said how is this sexual harassment we didn't say we wanted to fuck her we, right we, we we just said fuck and they said yeah, that's sexual harassment. And I'm like, dude, that's a bad word to call it. Like that makes everybody seem like a pervert now. Well, it's fun. I mean, that's why this, the Me Too movement scares me because, you know, we're taking, I, don't get me wrong. I know there were women who were physically assaulted. However, like we're diluting this word sexual harassment, you know, knowing someone personally who was like, held down raped and left on the side of the road to, like, to, to me, die to me, to me like, that is the fucking serious shit like sexual harassment should mean mm -hmm. that type of shit right and so it's like we're diluting that incident that happened to my friend with somebody who was manipulated or or somebody who felt pressured to go into somebody's hotel room and consensually have sex like yeah, but 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 just for clarity cat that's sexual harassment. Why? Because there's sex involved. But don't mm -hmm. say saying the F word is sexual. It's not sexual. What if I'd have said shit? That's sexual harassment, is it not? Uh, it shouldn't be, no. But technically by law, is it? I don't think that is. Well, I'm gonna double check and that'll validate whether you're yeah, an expert. I don't I don't think say I don't think shit in in of itself is considered sexual harassment. What about what about if I use the word fuck? Like, man, I couldn't believe it, dude. I was fucking pissed. I mean, no, it wouldn't be sexual. It depends on how you're saying it, who you're saying it to. So the fact well, that the fact that that person, I mean, that it was even a sexual harassment claim, I would say harassment is fine, but not sexual harassment. But but anyway, my point with the Me Too movement is we have this overcorrection. A lot of our clients are are owned by males, and they come to me and they're like terrified to hire females. They because and they're good guys. They're guys who are, you know, they're, they treat people well. And yeah, maybe they say bad words here and there, but I feel like the good guys are getting swallowed up in this entire movement that is 
actually, if the goal here was to close the gap on equality, gender equality, this has actually made it worse because now men don't want to hire women, especially women who are mildly good looking. And so it's just getting worse and worse. And it's because these women, I don't think that we're having, we need to have like courses on light speed that are educating women on how to conduct yourself at work and how to conduct yourself with men and how to deal with men who are making passes or, or to recognize when it is a pass and when it isn't. Um, so I think that that's the problem. The root of the problem is women just generally speaking, haven't been in the workforce that long. We're talking the last 50 years or so, and we're not giving men any type of learning curve to know how to work side by side with women. And so we, you know, demor we, we de demonize men for not saying the exact perfect thing every single time. And that is hurting the entire balance of masculinity and feminine femininity in our world, because now we're still looked at as victims. Look at reality TV. Women are portrayed as either gossip loving, surgically enhanced, like beauty, whatever, drama loving gossip queens, and then, or we're rape victims. That's all we see. It's either a documentary on how we were harassed or it's a reality show on some bullshit scripted crap. Like this is, as, as a mother to a daughter, this is what my kid has to look forward to. This is how she is going to identify what women are supposed to be. And that's, that's like, that's scary. Do you have daughters? You, you do, right? Four. Isn't that scary as, as a father to daughters, don't you feel like you have to work extra hard on making sure that they have the right mindset, the right mentality that they know how to protect themselves, but also not to be a little bitch about things. I don't, I don't think so, but I, I understand what you're saying. Like, in other words, I, I think it's easier to, to, to educate a girl on what she needs to do than it is a boy. Mm -hmm. Boys are, boys are, you know, dumber. Like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta tell them, they gotta go learn on their own. They're going to freaking, you know, scuff their knee where girls, you know, I think they're smarter personally. Mm -hmm. I, I like, again, I mean, I wish if I could, if there were no HR laws, I would prefer to hire a female or a woman. Mm -hmm than a male why number one i enjoy them more i mm -hmm. enjoy i enjoy like hanging out and freaking you know everyone's freaking smelling good and that's another thing like you know is it, good. <laughs> is it against is it against the law to freaking you know hire good looking people but it is it's like you can't discriminate it's like what do you mean this represents my company i would much rather have a beautiful stunning receptionist than some ugly ass receptionist now Oh, you can't do that. See, this is what I mean. Like, why? I don't understand the laws, but, but we do do I, that. I abide by them. I abide by them. So guess what? When someone comes in the door, I don't necessarily hire anybody. You know what we do? We hold auditions for the mm. role of receptionist. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you for calling Lightspeed VT. This is Kat. How can I help you today? Is that almost? Did I get the job? I, almost it's i can help you oh i can help you today that's right i can help you don't don't ask people how can i help you because now you're asking them to tell you which is asking them for something before you've served them hmm. my name's brad i can help you i like it'll, that it, it'll elicit the same response tell us tell and us by about the way, just oh. just just good looking wouldn't get you hired 
You have to be, right. you have to be cool. Again, not everybody here is freaking, you know, GQ models and, and Victoria's Secret models, but they're cool 100%. And inside they are. So you got to be cool to work here. You don't have to be good looking. I like that. That's good. Tell us about your book that's coming out. Lessons I've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Yeah, it's just called the hard way. Um, it's, it's combined of lessons I've learned the hard way. Uh, so you don't have to, but uh, it's just life lessons that I think everyone in the world is going to learn one way or the other. And they're universal in truth. And usually it takes a long time to learn it and it costs people a lot of time and money. So I'm just writing them all down so people don't have to. When does it come out? Learn it the hard way. I'll be finished writing that book within 30 days of today. And then it'll be in another 30 days. So within 60 days, it'll be on people's hands and nightstands. Are you uh, giving advanced copies? No, but you can pre-order it at bradley.com. All right. You also have the Dropping Bombs podcast, which is where I think we have commonalities of seeking and telling the whole truth. What keeps you motivated to continuing, like peeling back the fluff and telling it like it is? Because I'm trying to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. And a podcast is a great medium for that. I mean, I just sit people down and shoot the shit, talk about anything. We could be talking about stock markets and then it just heads to a high school girlfriend and experience that literally held the most valuable lesson when nobody would have gotten that conversation out of a list of questions. Mm -hmm. So we just, we just shoot the shit kind of like we are right now. Like me and you have similar formats. If, if all your episodes are like this. They are. Um, what makes you happy? I do. Good answer. How can anyone listening help you fulfill your mission to obtain and share knowledge? Um, if you if you literally have some sort of expertise and you want to learn how to create massive impact and help a lot of people and make a shit ton of recurring revenue, then reach out to me and I'll show you how to do that. And then if you're uh, in need of, of knowledge and information, you know, reach out, follow me on social media and, and start listening. Cause li literally I've got people that follow me on Instagram because I put daily messages and, you know, lessons out. That's what you saw. That's why you say I'm funny, but, but uh, I have literally people DMing me nonstop going, dude, I started following you a year ago and I went from here to here, dude, I can't believe the value you give on your Instagram page for free, dude, you sell, I've bought courses that didn't give the value in three of your posts. Like, dude, I can't believe you're giving this shit away. And like, Oh my God, dude, the game, the game's to be sold, not told. So I'd say, follow me, man. You don't even have to pay for anything. Just if you, if you have knowledge, I can help you make money and make a big impact. Reach out to me. If you, if you need knowledge, follow me, share me out, listen to my podcast, subscribe and share the word. In your Instagram, it's uh, the real Bradley. That's right. The real Bradley and Lee is L E A. Most people say, is that Leah? And I say, I don't know. Do you drink Tia? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find us on Instagram at HR sucks. You can also find me at Kat Kazarian. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. So you don't miss a beats. Brad, you're the best. Good job. Thank you.